the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl. Today's episode is another in our Swanee series, conversations recorded at Spirit of the Swanee Music Park in Live Oak, Florida. Today's episode is the great flat-picking guitar player John Stickley of John Stickley Trio. I'm so excited to have John on the show. My father and I attend Swanee Spring Reunion and Swanee Roots Revival, the old Springfest and Magfest every year, and it's become kind of our big bonding thing twice a year. For a while, it was NASCAR. We'd go to NASCAR races together, and then we rode motorcycles on road trips, and now we've kind of taken to to Swanee as our our at least twice a year opportunity to hang and get away from everything and and bond over some great music. I've seen everyone from Willie Nelson and Mavis Staples to Drive-By Truckers and Stephen Marley at the park, but this year's music was one of my favorite lineups. The vibe is always one of relaxed community. Swanee's gorgeous oaks, the peaceful vibes of the amphitheater stage with its strings of light and hammocks on the hill, the vibrant energy of picking circles in the woods, the serenity of the bird sanctuary where we camp with our wonderful friend, the sweet Kay Taylor. And context is kind of important for this episode. See, I first went to Swanee circa like 2010. Uh, Jason Isbell was playing, which is what the draw was for me, my all-time favorite songwriter. And so was Justin Towns Earl, the son of my other all-time favorite songwriter and a, and a damn fine songwriter in his own right. And I want to say the Avett brothers even played the amphitheater that year, but that could have been another time. I only had a day pass, so I camped at a nearby park and was totally hooked. So the next trip I took, I made sure I camped at Spirit of the Swanee itself, and that was with a girl who later broke my heart. And this was Bear Creek, which is a kind of a now defunct funk and electronic festival. Half the people were in furry costumes and it was just such a great time, and the girl I was with was self-conscious about how we were dressed because we weren't exactly wearing all kinds of crazy get-ups, and uh, unfortunately, as a result of that, I missed Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. And looking back, that decision was not worth trading for the remaining embarrassing moments of drunken one-sided love, but we live and we learn. Then my dad and I started going. Uh, we started going to MagFest and SpringFest, Magnolia Fest and SpringFest every year, and I'd begun to write about music reviewing shows, interviewing people, uh, writing short stories about music. I'd been to Swanee a few times and it began to develop a community at the park. It started to really feel kind of like a home away from home. And the Swanee Roots festivals tend to invite several of the same artists back each year. Verlin Thompson from episode two is one such artist and so is our guest on this episode. I first learned of John Stickley through his incredible publicist, Aaron Scholes, who is just a wonderful individual and great at her job. 
and she gave me my my first big breaks in music journalism and so I, I tend to pay attention when she recommends someone and I'm really glad I did on John. John Stickley Trio is John Stickley on flat picking guitar, Lindsey Pruitt on fiddle, and Hunter Deacon on drums. When I first saw John Stickley Trio play in the spring of 2016, I wrote, quote, It's bluegrass, but don't expect Bill Monroe. It's jazz, but it ain't Grant Green. It's rock, it's punk, it's hip-hop. John Stickley's paradigm shift is a paella with just the right amount of each ingredient, resulting in a nourishing dish for body and soul. It's as if Bela Fleck picked up a guitar and started digesting a ton of Dr. Dre and punk music. The music feels like a NyQuil-induced REM dream. Stickley's flat-picking moving at flash speed, but not strictly for velocity's sake. These are carefully constructed songs designed to create a mood and moment and a movement in the listener. Flat-picking guitar is the style John plays, and it's kind of a traditional way of playing bluegrass, and we talk about it a little bit during the show. I'm really ill-equipped to try and explain in more detail than that, but my best advice for further context is to find our playlist for this episode on Spotify and listen to John Stickley Trio's music, as well as a sampling of the music John mentions during the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thrilled to bring you John Stickley. This episode of The Marinade is brought to you by SJC Venues, operators of Pontevedra Concert Hall and the St. Augustine Amphitheater, two of our all-time favorite venues. Umphreys McGee is playing the amphitheater on August 18th, one of the hardest working bands on the planet, playing one of my favorite venues. Book a campsite at Anastasia State Park. Make the trip. Those guys are fantastic live. Also, Amanda Shires and Corey Brandon are playing Pontevedra Concert Hall. That's not part of the promo. I'm just stoked to see them on April 13th. I'll definitely be there. SJC Venues, two of our all-time favorites, Pontevedra Concert Hall and the St. Augustine Amphitheater. So glad to be here, man. This is such a pleasure. We're talking with John Stickley, and we're at Swanee. You had a set last night, right? Yeah, 11.30 to 1. Wee! We love those late slots. That's when the freaks come out. That's right. <laughs> Our number one fans. <laughs> well, um, 
how so that's one of the things that last time we talked to you you mentioned that i thought was really really cool was you talked about how um that one of the things that inspires you a lot is um jamming here well anywhere really but getting to play with people like larry keel with people like tim carbone all these people that you that you have a lot of respect for and so like last night did you did that already get started? Did you play a set and then get out there and do your thing? Well, last night was a little different. We, you know, we did the drive yesterday up down from Asheville. So, you know, that takes, I was really gunning it. You know, I, I think we were down here in like seven flat after the Walmart stop. Damn. You know, um, and so sure I was cruising. Grace. But because I was cruising so hard, uh, I was a little frazzled after the drive, honestly. You know, I had a hard time kind of easing into the festival vibe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, hey. Hi. We just started. Hey. Uh, hey. Hey. What the fuck hey. is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shh. <laughs> this is a family show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's all good. I think you, you can edit this, right? Uh, I can. It depends on how good it is. You guys mind if you end up on the show? Yeah, this guy, like, it was a really cool moment. So this guy comes over and tells Bruce that someone has invited him to his restaurant in town. And this guy was, like, so excited to to meet Bruce and tell yeah. him this. And Bruce was so gracious, as you would expect, you know. But it was a cool moment. I was like, I can't edit that out. That like, shows you who this guy is, well, you know. And especially because, like, just knowing him, it's like he's like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is cool. I mean, that who just came in, that was one of our good musical friends and heroes, um, Melody Walker of Front Country. That's awesome. She's badass. I think she might have even been at my house last night. They played Asheville. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Right. So, connections. Yeah, her debut appearance at Swanee. Oh, oh yes. Nice. Yeah. Oh, dope. They are, yeah. They're a perfect fit for, for this spot. That's awesome. When are they they playing today? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we don't have to look at it now, I guess. We can look at it later, but. All right. Cool. Carry on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So you got in late, so maybe not as much of a. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, had to kind of get in the zone uh, and just stumbled actually into this room and kind of kind of had a nice little bit of downtime and. Uh, then hearing Billy Strings, of course, oh my God, kind kind of got me excited a yeah. little bit, and kind of also motivated motivated me to uh, go ahead and get my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, uh, he played Gasparilla Music Festival like a two thirty set. I didn't know anything about him. I walked into two thirty a.m. No, 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 two thirty p.m. Yeah. Middle of the day. I didn't like my buzz hadn't kicked in yet. Yeah. I didn't know anything about what I was getting into. Holy shit! Yeah, he's a hero of mine and good friend, and uh, just a soul flat picking brother man we got some good ones here this weekend who all so when you last time i asked you about like a, a dream jam session and you had actually funny you had a, jammed with the exact people the night before <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like for here you know when you look at this particular lineup is there anybody that you're like oh man i can't wait to get down with this guy later yeah uh, yeah well gosh man you know i just like jamming with my friends really and yeah, yeah. a lot of them have now gotten into be in the band and stuff and uh, be in bands that we see out all over the country and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, you mentioned Larry Keel and uh, 
Billy Strings for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, Sam Bush still gets out and picks with people. That's crazy. But man. Uh, Larry's texting me all week. He's like, "We're gonna pick all weekend." <laughs> like, yes. Uh, so yeah, man. I mean, and I think we might have talked about this last time. Though, is like Spirit of the Swanee is. Uh, it's the place where I've you know it's where we always jam. We always pick all night and we do our sets, and it's just it draws the music out of you, man. It's, it's so perfect. And this perfor- everyone's performances are always great because the scenery and the vibe and everything. And a lot of the music that has become part of my, you know, I guess original style, you could say, I remember having, there's things I do all the time now in during shows. And I can remember like specifically, the first time I ever did it, like late night at Swanee, I'm like, whoa, that's when you stumble on something like that's like a breakthrough, you know? Really? I wondered about that because like you've been playing all day. You go to the campsite. I wondered whether it was just a, a fun pursuit. Like I get to play with my friends and people that I respect. Or are you taking away from those experiences licks from other people or something you learn? Yeah, I think that both, you know, yeah. but really the yeah, like that draws me to it more than anything is that you're in a place where, you know, those ideas are free and accessible and you can reach them because there's no other distractions, you know, Mm -hmm. you're honed in and you've been doing it for five hours now, you know, it's totally dark. Um, it's, it's hard to get there when you're sitting around, (laughs) you're you're sitting around in your kitchen trying to write a song, you know, or come up with a new idea. You know, I'm more thinking about like, my cat and my dog and making coffee and all the crap I got to do, like all my chores. Right. You know, so. Is there another space? I mean, obviously Swanee is kind of especially geared for that, right? Like there's like a, that, that, that atmosphere, but is there some other place? Uh, clearly it's not your kitchen, even though I swear you told me you wrote rice stream on your back porch or something. That was a, a breakfast table uh, composition <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. So like, are there, how often does the, does it strike in those moments versus, when you're at a place like this, uh, you know, it strikes wherever I think, but, but it, it takes a, for me, it takes a moment of peace to be able to get your, my head right, you know, Mm -hmm. and and in, in the zone where I can access the ideas that I'm having, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like we're always having ideas constantly, but being able to remember them or turn it into something that's actually a real thing. I mean, it's for me, I gotta be, Kind of maybe sometimes in a special place for for that to work. Is that so? Is that not necessarily sitting down and going to work? Is that like going to work whenever it comes, or are there moments that you carve out where you sit down and do the work? For me, there's moments of sitting down and doing the work because, uh, you know, like Melody Walker just like writes a song instantly in the van, <laughs> just like writes it down on paper and has the tune in her head. me i actually have to sit down and work really hard at it and uh and a lot of the time the work doesn't even work you know i mean i'll sit down like okay song let's go come on uh but you know scrolling back through i I take little notes all the time you know and Mm. on my phone of little ideas that just pop out when i'm pick up my guitar right the first thing of the day you know and um 
So I scroll back through those, try to turn them into songs and stuff. But like speaking into your phone or typing in the notes. Sometimes I'll sing into the into the audio recorder, but other times I'll just record a little. Yeah, I use audio notes, the little audio recorder uh-huh. thing, uh-huh. and um, yeah, I'll just record a little. Sometimes I'll record Lindsay at Soundcheck, and she doesn't even know, you know. Uh-huh. Or I'll record Hunter doing a beat that I'm like, that's a cool beat. We have to write a song to that beat. Well, that's gotta help a lot. Of songs like like that. writing in that because they're uh, there. I haven't seen Hunter yet, but I have seen Lindsay play. So yeah, I've seen Lindsay play so much, and like that. Pro- like the, in those moments, you have to get inspired. She's just so fucking good. I would imagine that is going to, in that moment, create all the time, create opportunities for you to to really flesh out ideas. Totally. Yeah. A lot of inspiration comes from other musicians for sure. Yeah. From my bandmates and, and, you know, music I listen to too. I mean, uh, you could, s- someone could accuse me of ripping off a lot of stuff. Well, it d- doesn't everybody, I could accuse myself of that. You Dude, know what I, I, mean? I realized recently I was reading Larry Brown. I don't know if you ever read Larry Brown, but I, I realized I write short stories and things like that. And I realized everything I was writing sounded exactly like a cheap version of Larry Brown. And I, and then I was like, I also gave myself permission to do that because I think he's so fucking good. And I went, all right, this is, hey, I sound like Larry Brown right now. Yeah, if, and if I sound anywhere close to as good as Larry Brown sounds, I'm doing pretty damn good, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally okay with it. <laughs> uh, last time we talked, you were you were talking about a song you were writing that I guess would have ended up on the EP. Um. But you were talking about how you were listening to a lot of propaganda at the time, and it was right after the one of the Paris attacks. I feel like there's been 400 of them since we last talked, but right. unfortunately, but um, yeah, it's weird. You get numb, and of course, I mean, you try not to. But that one, like, I don't know that the Paris that Paris attack, dude. That that was, you know, I mean, they're all horrible. But that one, for some reason, just struck me really like slapped me across the face that day, man. I mean. Sh- that was crazy. It is interesting how some of that stuff hits you harder than others. Um, what what were you, so at that time, I would guess, you know, I don't know what song that was, or, or if you remember what song that was, but what were you consuming leading up to the most recent record? That's a good question, man. Uh, you know, definitely still into the, uh, the, you know, the whole technical punk thing, you know, mm-hmm. more so than metal, too. Like, I don't really like metal that much, but I like the technical tight punk and and stuff like that like no effects mm-hmm. um and so i'll still listen to that a lot i've been listening to a lot of tony rice of course right still um grisman man it's like listening to we've had the new fruition album on on in our kitchen non-stop mm. i don't know if you know those guys i do know those guys and they're wonderful dude that's <laughs> one where it goes around on repeat and i'm like yes it's well, at the played, beginning again um, anastasia when uh yeah st augustine when you yep. played mm-hmm. yeah they were there i was covering i was there covering that so anyway uh you know i mean it takes me so long to come up with material for an album that the album wasn't necessarily inspired that much by what I was listening to leading up to doing the album. You know I mean? It took me forever to get those songs together. So that was like a uh, two years of listening to all sorts of crap. But right now I just listen to podcasts mainly. Interesting. I just had a conversation <laughs> with a musician two nights ago, how he was saying he doesn't listen to a lot of music right now. He just, just listening to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird, man. I mean, and you know, I just get one I like and I just listen to everything they've done. Yeah. Starting from the very beginning. So it's like yeah. 
like we were talking about, you get to hear the evolution and then you go mm-hmm. back and listen to an early one and hear how bad <laughs> they were, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, so I'm on a huge like true crime, you know, like I was saying, you know, everyone listened to Serial and now we all like love true crime. So, yeah, I've gone through like Kais file and uh, it's Australian. It's so good. <laughs> Kais. <laughs> Your accent, you mean? This is he's he's Australian, <laughs> Kai's file. And there's actually a, there's actually a fake one that came out recently. Every each episode's like ten minutes, and uh, it's a it's a parody. It's like no a way. fake true crime podcast. It's amazing. It it is amazing. It's very amazing. And like they'll always like tell you like the worst thing that just happened in the world. And he's like. Let me tell you about our sponsor, Blue Apron. <laughs> For just $10 per person per meal, you can get fresh, pre-portioned. If you're oh, li- yeah. yeah. T- oh, if you're sorry. listening, Blue Apron. I don't want to upset the your other with Jason Earl. <laughs> I know your other sponsors, though. They'll, they'll probably get upset that let's, I... You let's know, get a okay. bidding All war right. going on. Me undies. <laughs> what you got, Me Cas- undies are so comfortable. Where are you at, Casper Mattresses? I need another pair of MeUndies. I've been to this festival for too long. <laughs> I haven't tried MeUndies. I did. I have not, no. But they're cute. I mean. Uh, <laughs> no, that's extreme restraints. <laughs> I did fall for the Casper mattress, and it's, it's fucking good. I was curious, man. <laughs> yeah. You like it? Yeah, it shows up in like. You didn't send it back after 100 days? No, it shows wow. up in like three days in a box. <laughs> Kai's file. I think like the if we just keep mentioning potential lucrative sponsors, then eventually the bots will pick it up and we'll both be super rich. Cool. I, all right, Johnstickley.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I uh, I did. <laughs> I actually did bust out. The, I busted out the Blue Apron ad out of nowhere at a show one time. No way. And the people that loved it loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the people. Just it was just blankness. You know, <laughs> blankness. Yeah. Well, if you don't listen to there a was fuck like, ton of podcasts, that yeah, would not hit. There was four people out there that were dying though. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, now I've completely lost my my train of questioning. Oh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about we were talking about like uh, what you know, listening to technical punk and the um, the thing, and then Tony Rice constantly comes up every time you're talking about influences. Wh- who are the sort of canonical like? If you're a flat picking, picking guitar player, you got to listen to these guys or these gals. Like, who are the people that, that uh, you feel like you keep going back to, keep mining for whatever you can yeah. sell on? There's, you know, there's all the standards, man. I mean, all these, the newer, there's, you know, generations of them, kind of. Um, but, you know, it kind of started with, like, Doc Watson, Clarence White. Uh, you know, I'd say we're the early pioneers that really got the whole thing going, and then um after that tony rice norman blake you know those are two that are like they're so stylistic and the music they do is so deep it's those are artists for me that you can like listen to over and over again forever and Mm -hmm. get something new every time i mean that's how i feel about tony rice norman blake Mm -hmm. and then the newer guys too like tim stafford uh uh, Brian Sutton, Billy Strings, I mean, Larry Keel, you know. Uh, but I think the, the cool, what makes me really like a guitar player is uh, it's like 
the skills and the technical ability and the and the taste and the timing and all that stuff, but it has to be done over material that you like, that you just mm-hmm. like personally. Like me, I mean, certain stuff I hear guitar players play, I'm like, dude, that is awesome. I love that, but it's over a song that doesn't really resonate with me that much. Yeah. So like someone like Tony Rice, the the most of the music he does he did really resonates with me. I like I just like everything about it. Like the style it's done. I mean the amount of like overplaying versus underplaying, you know, the the things he leaves out. Um and just yeah, the tune choice and the execution and stuff. It's like I like this song too, you know. So I think about that a lot with the trio is just and I think like I said with the fruition album, you know, I mean the production's amazing. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a lot of other albums with production that's even better, but the songs don't resonate with me the same way. You know? oh, but interesting. that fruition album could be done in someone's garage. I'd still want to listen to it on repeat. You know, I mean, because the songs are just they stick with you. So, are you? So you have all those influences, kind of following that train of thought. You have all those different influences, and and of course your music thankfully fits into no box at all. And that's part of what I think does resonate with people is that they can hear a little bit of punk music in it and they can hear a little bit of jazz and they can hear a little bit of hip hop and they can hear a little bit of bluegrass or whatever it is. And, and you can connect to that thing, right? So if I go to a John Stickley trio show and I'm a, uh, a jazz fan, I'm going to hear a little bit of that. If I'm uh, a hip hop fan, I'm going to hear a little bit of that, you know, and I can connect to that when you're putting together a collection of songs that may be influenced from different places. Are you sort of aware of any any themes in terms of genre, or is it just is there some other method to that? Um, you kind of got me thinking about a thought that I've had before. I don't know if I've ever really said, but like the trio is an expression of okay, so bluegrass guitar playing is what got me serious about music, you know. Mm-hmm. If I had never stumbled across that, I wouldn't be a musician right now. You know, I'd be like a park ranger. That's mm-hmm. what I went to school for. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that drew me to everything that is now. And I played bluegrass guitar in a bluegrass band for a really long time, you know, once that took hold. And I, I think the trio is a little bit of an expression of all the things that I've missed about other music I've played in my life and things I've always wanted to do during a bluegrass jam that you aren't really allowed to do because it's a strict kind of traditional format, you know? So Mm. you're like, man, I'd really like to just like rock out right now, Hmm. but I can't because it's like the mandolin player solo and you got to get real quiet for this part. So having this total control of the band, I mean, you're like, all right, we're going to do this part where I just like slam out power chords, you know, and you play a punk beat. But then we got to have Lindsay doing something real beautiful to kind of make it all OK, because if we didn't have that, then it would just be butt rock. Yeah, man, that's wild. You know, that I think I can relate. Um, I guess anybody, any creative type can relate to the idea of needing that freedom. But I can totally relate with when I think about the podcast, like when I'm writing you know, there are certain things I kind of have to be aware of. 
I have to be aware of getting the reader's attention in a certain way. I have to be aware of like making sure that I don't drone on and on and on. I need to make, you know, there's a lot of different things, technical things that I need to be worried about. With this, I feel so damn free. I feel like if I just want to throw in a little interlude right now in between, you know, us talking about this and us talking about whatever in the hell we're going to talk about in a second, I can throw in a little interlude. And that could be my buddy, you know, my buddy's band that I think is really fucking cool. And I can put that on there. And yep, there's something really yep. freeing about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. I think that's another great thing about podcasts, too, man. It's like, dude, it's a conversation going on. Of course, it's edited to be interesting. But, right. you know, it's on. It's in my headphones right now. We're driving down the road. And I'm not going to turn the page if I get bored. I'm going to I'm, I'm in, man. You know, and it's it's very real. And there's an authenticity to that that I think kind of speaks to why your music resonates because you're doing what you want and what makes sense to you and what moves you. And so that doesn't ever come through as contrived. Not that bluegrass comes through as contrived necessarily, but it could feel restrictive and maybe that's what you were feeling. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. You know, I mean, it's it's a format. Yeah. And and that's why it's a beautiful format. It's, sure. it's very important and it's very cool that people, traditional musicians have kept it alive and you know as is and people have worked within that format to do a lot of really cool shit mm-hmm. um and i you know i in my head we're still in that format like in right. a way like we're, we're still paying extremely cro- close detail to our tuning and our our mm-hmm. timing and playing with drive and you mm-hmm. know pushing ahead of the beat and um you know, following the same arc of a tune, really. It, it um, you know, even though it sounds, people are like, dude, I don't know why you call it bluegrass at all. You know, and mm. I'm like, dude, in my head, it's very bluegrass. Yeah, it's would, very bluegrass. I would to definitely me. call it bluegrass. Yeah, yeah, but but again, there are so many other influences that come through. But yeah, I definitely yeah. call it bluegrass. I mean, and like, can you speak a little bit to the when when you you told me a little bit about how like when you made that decision to to go away from vocals and just be instrumental like it was in was that the kind of leap that you were apprehensive about or is that the kind of leap that you felt like all right this is what we need to do um (laughs) so yeah we i think we did talk about this last time that that was kind of a that was uh dave king uh, from the bad plus the drummer he came down to produce our our first record that we really wanted to do you know, well, yeah, that wasn't just thrown together. You know, we did a Kickstarter, we got some funding and we were like, all right, let's do this. And he came down and, um, kind of opened our eyes to something that we, you know, didn't even know we wanted to do, which is like, he came down, he said, man, you guys, the vocals are good. You know, he's like, I really, you guys are great singers, but, what I'm seeing shining through are these original compositions, the way you guys arrange this stuff. And, um, it's already like 70% of the material was that. Mm -hmm. And then we had some vocals that we did some songs, you know, we were trying to get more vocals on the record. So I asked him if he knew of any like covers we could do. And, uh, when he get, he got down, he was like, I, I wanted to hear you guys play first, you know, cause I didn't know from what you sent me, I, I couldn't tell exactly how, what, how you guys did s- stuff. But, um, now that I'm here, um, you know, I think you guys could really do something cool as an all instrumental project. And we we're like, 
like my wife's texting me from upstairs because of course she's listening in and she's like texting us no because <laughs> <laughs> i mean we had so many people at festivals because we sang you know maybe 30 percent so they would come up after the show and be like oh I, I really wish you guys would sing more oh. and so we'd been hearing that over and over again so we, you know we were trying to work more vocals in yeah and that was our goal with the album yeah but so we sat there and thought about it and talked about it with him and it was almost like we started to see the vision and our eyes were opening up and we're like, you mean we can do that? <laughs> and he was like, I make a really good living at it. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. So that's when we did it. And we went and just recorded an all instrumental record. We grabbed a couple older tunes and reworked them to fill in for the vocal stuff we were planning on doing. And, uh, it wasn't long before we, came down to Swanee Spring Fest. It was our first festival of the season. And we did our first all-instrumental set, and it was just magical. It felt, it, I never felt so right at yeah. a show ever. Yeah. Um, no one said anything about the fact that we didn't sing. Right. It just, you know, it's like, why would you sing? Right. With that, if you're doing that, you don't need to sing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just crazy. Weird, you know, happenstance experience. And if, if Dave, we hadn't hired Dave to produce the record... We'd still be singing. That's wild. And we probably, we probably wouldn't have. <laughs> There's a good chance we might not even be a band anymore. That's you know what I'm wild, man. You really <laughs> think so? I, I mean, I think the all instrumental thing was was huge for us as far wow. as standing out as an original project that people, you know, turn their heads. Right. They're like. You know, it just, yeah, I don't know. It's so us because it's what we love doing, man. We, we're pickers. Right. I like singing bluegrass songs all day long, but yeah, the original music we're composing, you know, we're, none of us are lyricists really. And the, that music just, we'd have to have someone like, you know, Melody Walker from Front Country or, or Bjork or somebody, somebody yeah. really cool yeah. to sing over this shit. And it's like, it yeah. wasn't me or Lindsay. Right. Right. And that's kind of what Dave told us. He's like, man, you could. Someone could really sing over this. Yeah. But, you know, it's not me singing sitting on top of the world, you know, like. Yeah. Oh, man. That's really cool. I'm so glad it worked out that way because you, there is nothing like what y'all do and I love it. I cool. Got, I, that, and the, the, for the folks listening, if you haven't seen them play and they'll come to your town, you have to do it. Like that set on the porch stage, I guess it may have been that very set that I first saw you. Uh, I don't remember, but I was I was taking photos. I was in the photo pit, and I, the energy was just the craziest thing I've ever seen. And there was this moment in uh, Octopicking where, like, um, Lindsay kind of messed up a little bit, but you can tell she did it intentionally, and she's, like, fucking with you a little bit, and you kind of <laughs> fucked with her a little bit back. There's this wonderful interplay, this chemistry, you know, that was so much fun, and it sounded so beautiful. <laughs> cool, man. That, you know, and that's the stuff that started happening when, when we – Stopped having to think about singing. We we could only focus on the instrumental side of things and how can we make the show interesting, you know? And that's something we're still doing all the time. It's like, man, how? All right, we got to do it at this festival this weekend. We're doing two hour and a half long sets and then a then an hour long set. Damn. So that's one, two. Was that four hours of music? Yeah. All instrumental that yeah. we have to like. You know, and a lot of people are going to see all three of those. Yep. So you can't do the exact same show. I mean, you right. got to switch it up. Right. We're going to play every song that we play this weekend and try to make it each performance unique. 
with transitions and flow and all this stuff. And that's, that's one of the blessings that came along with us switching to all instrumental is we could really hone in on, on all that stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's a blast. Well, I want to say that when you played, like that was when lost at last was out. Right. Yep. And, and then you play, I don't think you, I think that was all you had for the instrumental, right? Was that the first instrumental fully instrumental record you released? Actually, no, our, our, the first John Stickley Trio record, the record before that, was also all instrumental. Okay. okay. But it wasn't even, we weren't even really a band yet. You know, it's yeah. kind of a thrown together record. We're happy with how it turned out, but it was early. So, yeah. we, so we had some tunes from that too. Okay. So that one, you played a lot though from that record. And yeah. then you closed with, uh, I want to say, I'm pretty sure you ended the set with Nirvana's Smell Like Teen Spirit. Well, we do a Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, quote okay all right all right we don't play the whole song we probably okay. should that'd be really cool that would be but, so uh, fucking cool <laughs> also kind of a bad plus ripoff because they do that and oh uh, okay it's awesome <laughs> 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 but that was one of those things it's like dude i get to like wow it's an original project and i'm in total control and yeah. we can kick off a song with smells like teen spirit yeah. if we want yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great man well, John, thank you so much for all your time. I'm looking forward to the, the remaining sets that you have. I'm going to catch every one of them for sure and looking forward to seeing what you got. You too, Jason, man. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank Cheers, you. Cheers, man. Stickley, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. What an amazing conversation. What a great guy and a talented artist. Thank you so much to my dad uh, for everything that, that you have done for me over my entire life and, and for continuing to share that community with me at Swanee. Thank you to Aaron 
for um, for setting this up with John. Thank you to John. Thank you to Melody Walker and Front Country. You should check those guys out. Some of them are on our Spotify playlist. Some of their songs are on our Spotify playlist, so you can check that out. And I appreciate them sharing their space with us while we had that interview. Uh, uh, thank you to Kay Taylor, our good friend, and uh, Swanee. Swanee's sister, who is just so wonderful and brings such joy into the world. You can now listen to The Marinade with Jason Earl on Spotify. You might be doing that right now. And follow our playlists. I'm going to go back and try to create playlists for all of our past episodes. You can just search uh, The Marinade with Jason Earl, episode 11, John Stickley, and it should pop up. Make sure that you email us with any things that you want to see. Thank you guys for being active on Twitter, at Marinade Podcast. Uh, we'll get a lot of good interactions from fans on on Twitter, and I appreciate that. Our email is marinadepodcast at gmail.com. Instagram, marinade underscore podcast. Been getting a lot of feedback on my short stories, which I really appreciate. It's fun to do those. I base those on the, uh, the artwork of my partner in life, Chris Osborne. You can follow her at Real Artistic, R-E-E-L, Artistic, uh, on all your social media. And... Um, and so you can check out her work there. She's also the beautiful voice at the at the beginning of the show, doing the intro, um, juxtaposed with my uh, my ramblings. So thank you guys so much. We're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on SoundCloud. Um, if there's any other place where you consume podcasts that you'd like to see us, just let me know, and uh, and I'll do my best to get us on there as well. I think we got them pretty much covered though. Thank you guys so much for everything. Thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you again. To all the people that I mentioned before, cheers, y'all. so much for the feedback that you've given me about this new segment what i'm getting down on which still doesn't have a name maybe we'll call it what i'm getting down on but for right now that'll have to be what we're going to roll with uh, i've been reading ralph ellison's invisible man one of those classics that i've never really had a chance to get to it's wonderful it's just a lot you know it's just when you're anytime you're talking about and you're talking about heavy concepts of race and um, he writes in a way that's uh, really visceral, and a lot of the things that happen in, in the in the book are, are kind of heavy, uh, heavy to deal with. So I'm, it's taken me a little while. I've also uh, been listening to the most recent uh, couple of John Stickley records, um, and uh, and then also uh, really going back and re-listening to Amanda Shire's entire catalog. If you're not familiar with Amanda you probably are if you're listening to this show but if you're you're not familiar with Amanda's music I highly recommend that you that you go and and check her out she's amazing um so that's that's kind of what I've been getting down on recently uh thank you guys so much again for everything cheers <laughs>